Hey, super friends, my name is Neil, and welcome to this episode 79 of the Get Your Comic On podcast. We're here fortnightly-ish to bring you a slice of film, TV, and pop culture goodness from our studio direct to your speakers. I am, of course, joined by my very own boy, Wonder Martin. Say hello, Martin. Hello, Martin. And how is Martin? He's fine. I really thought you were going to say serviceable. This episode, we have a few bits of news that we need to cover off, and then we are going to get down to a review of a festive family favourite, maybe not family favourite, that we got to see last night, which is uh, called Violent Night, and hit cinemas on December the 2nd from Universal Pictures. Um, Maybe if we've got time, we might touch on Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special as well, just to bring something that is a little bit more actually family-friendly. But before we do that... Let's dive into some of the most recent news. I just want to start off by touching on some very sad news that broke in the last couple of weeks, which is the passing of original Power Rangers actor Jason David Frank, who many of you will know as Tommy He originally starred in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as the Green Ranger, went on to become the White Ranger, the Red Zeo Ranger, and was with the series through Turbo before going off to have a wrestling career and dipping in and out of Power Rangers um, many, many times, either kind of as a recurring character or for special anniversary episodes, reuniting White Rangers, Red Rangers, Green Rangers... Tommy has been part of the Power Rangers legacy for what will be 30 years from next year. Uh, He's written comic books, catching up on what Tommy would be up to now. And it's a loss that is going to be felt massively through the Power Rangers, and is felt massively through the Power Rangers fan base. Um, I felt like a part of my childhood died when I I read the news. And I'm just so sorry for his family. He, He had four kids who were all relatively young, who are kind of left to to pick up the pieces now that he has passed away um though no um cause of death has ever been confirmed it was widely reported in the press that he did take his own life so please let me take this moment to just say if you or someone that you know is struggling uh then please do call the Samaritans uh you can call them free on 116123 here in the UK and they are at the end of the phone ready and waiting to talk to you um you know if you feel that there is no other option please do reach out of course many of the Power Rangers cast are reuniting next year for the 30th anniversary uh, Jason had said that he was retired from the role of Tommy but it's hard to believe that such a huge anniversary might not have coaxed him back for at least a, a, an appearance of some kind and now, regardless of that, we'll go into this special anniversary year without him, um, and we will celebrate it in his honour without him around, and I'm sure there will be many, many fitting tributes uh, to to the sad passing. Also in the last couple of weeks, Warner Brothers has confirmed that Black Adam will be coming to home video in the UK sooner than we anticipated, actually. So you will be able to buy or rent the movie premiere on digital platforms from Monday the 5th of December. So that is next Monday as we're recording this, just one week to go. And then it will arrive on 4K, Blu-ray and DVD from the 16th of January 2023. 
The studio has also announced the bonus features that are going to come with it. If you, like me, love a good bonus feature, then there's a lot to uh, sink your teeth into here. So both the digital version and also the 4K and Blu-ray will include the following special featurettes. The history of Black Adam presumably does what it says on the tin and looks at the history of the character from the comics. Next is Who is the Justice Society, which also sounds fairly obvious to me. I think that will dive into the Justice Society characters who appear in the film. From soul to screen, it sounds very interesting. Uh, then we have another, uh, the next three are all entitled Black Adam Semicolon. So we've got Black Adam, a flawed hero, Black Adam, new tech in an old world, and Black Adam taking flight, which will presumably all take a closer look at the character himself, Teth Adam, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The next feature is called Kandak, designing a nation, presumably going to look at some of the set design for the location that is the, the center point of the film. The Rock of Eternity, that could be interesting because there's obviously some ties there to the Shazam franchise. The next one is called Costumes Make the Hero, so presumably we're going to go behind the scenes with the costume designers to look at how they came up with not just the Teth Adam suit, but also uh, Aldous Hodge's uh, Hawkman suit, the amazing Doctor Fate suit, and the other costumes that we get to see in the film. And then finally is Black Adam, a new type of action. I'm going to go with that one taking a slightly wider look at the film and the action that's involved with it, maybe some of the slow-mo, how they put together some of the big action sequences. So those are all the featurettes that are going to be included on the film. Uh, just to say that one more time, it's uh, coming to digital platforms in the UK from Monday the 5th of December and then arrives on 4K, Blu-ray and DVD from the 16th of January and you can pre-order your copy now. That is it for the news this week. Before we dive in on our reviews, I just wanted to take a moment to talk about an exciting opportunity which has just come up, which I can share with you, our wonderful listeners at home. If you are in the UK and you are looking for the perfect gift for the DC fan in your life, then why not head to the WB shop online where you can pick up a wonderful range of DC goodies, uh, including the Batman Forever jumper that I am currently wearing. And you can see me doing an awful, awful version of a catalogue pose for on my social media. If you head over to shop.warnerbrothers.co.uk, there is a huge range of DC and other Warner Brothers themed merchandise from uh, film and TV, DVDs and Blu-rays to... T-shirts, jumpers, Funko Pops, action figures, everything you can possibly imagine. And particularly if you're a DC fan, it's uh, there's a lot on there that is on my Christmas list. But for you, the Get Your Comic Con listeners, I can offer you a discount code which is going to be available between now and the 30th of December, which is Comic-Con10. So C-O-M-I-C-O-N-1-0. Comic-Con10. And that will get you a discount on all your orders on the Warner Brothers store between now and the 30th of December. Go mad, go crazy, buy stuff, pre-order Black Adam on Blu-ray, DVD and 4K, or pick up the latest series of Titans or Doom Patrol. Go mad, enjoy the discount. You are very welcome. So on to our big movie review for this episode. Uh, last night, here in London, we got to check out Universal Pictures' Violent Night, which is not a horror film, which it sounds like it could be. So indeed, Violent Night is the latest release from 87 North Production Company, which is a name that you should know if you are fans of John Wick, Atomic Blonde, uh, what else have we got? Nobody. Basically, adult, violent movies <laughs> along the lines of John Wick have got some kind of involvement by the 87 North crew. So, Violent Night, uh, short synopsis is when a group of mercenaries attack and, in, and the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day 
and Christmas itself. Uh, the film is directed by uh, Tommy Wakola and written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller. It stars David Harbour as Santa Claus, Beverly D'Angelo, can I just say Christmas movie royalty from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, um, as Gertrude Lightstone, the matriarch of the family. It also stars John Leguizamo, Cam Gigande, Eddie Patterson, Brendan Fletcher, Alex Hassel, Mike Tapud, Mitra Suri, Alexis Lauder, Stephanie Sai, John B. Lowe, Alexander Elliott, Leah Brady, Andre Erickson, uh, Sean Skeen, Eric Athavale, I probably just butchered that one, and uh, Frederick Allen. That's, I'm just listing the whole cast from IMDb for you on that one. And it is mad. Isn't it, Boy Wonder? Crazy. Did you enjoy it, though? Yes. Good. I'm glad. I was a little bit worried it might have ended up being slightly scary. I do think the fontage on the poster and the poster itself almost make it look slightly like a horror film, but uh, I chanced my bets and uh, took you along anyway. Um, chanced your bets? I chanced my bets. That's sounded like bits to me. <laughs> I'm trying to make this into a 18-plus podcast. Um, so I was glad that it wasn't scary. Um, you liked Nobody which is also the uh, same production company. You do like John Wick, which is also the same kind of fight choreography company, people. Uh, do you think it lived up to their sort of adult, violent, but sometimes slightly humorous sort of precedent that has been set by these films? Yes. And what did you particularly like about this film? I liked it was Home Alone with Consequences. Yeah, I wanted to... So I haven't actually finished writing my review yet and the embargo is uh, the the following day after this is being recorded and obviously you won't hear this until the embargo is lifted. But I, um, I've i worked in a bit about how I feel like it's Home Alone meets like National Lampoons with a bit of John Wick thrown in. And Consequences. And Consequences, <laughs> yes. So I think there was a point in... Okay, right. I'm gonna. I'm jumping ahead. Um, David Harbour as Santa. Triumph or really weird? Uh, genius. It really was genius, wasn't it? He was brilliant, and it wasn't quite what I was expecting. I thought because it again because it's the kind of the John Wick and the Nobody people. I thought he was going to be a bit more. I thought he was going to be a Santa that was just ready to kill people, not like I'm Santa and I'm angry, but like you mess with my kids, then I'm going to fuck shit up, kind of Santa. Which he wasn't. He was a little bit more of a reluctant murderer. Um, which I wasn't expecting. I don't think he would swear either. There was quite a lot of swearing. Oh, no, but he was very against it. Was he? What? Oh, well, uh, yes, he did t- tell a little girl not to say asshole, and we did have to uh, bring ourselves down as far as anus. So, yes. Um, but... Had I shown you the trailer for this beforehand? No. Ah, so you were okay. So you went into this completely blind then. <laughs> you just knew the name of the film. I didn't even know that. To be honest with you, <laughs> were you just like, "Where am I? What am I doing here?" I'm not German. <laughs> Why have I been brought to the cinema? Oh, Francine. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, so the setup of this film is: um, wealthy American family gets held hostage. Uh, in their house on Christmas Eve, Santa comes down the chimney, um, gets inadvertently caught up in it, and because there is a, a child who believes in Santa who is stuck in the house... He gets caught up in the, the mess, not the chimney. He gets caught up in the mess, not the chimney. He decides to um, rescue 
<laughs> Would you like to tell the listeners at home what that sound was? It was the cat. Of course it was. Um, so he decides to rescue the family, basically, is then what happens. And that's when all of the chaos ensues. So it's only it was an hour and 40 minutes long, basically. You can't leave it in, can you? It's terrible. Well, it's tough luck now, is it? The conversation's <laughs> continuing, I'm afraid. You're just going to have to continue. Okay. Uh, you've let, you know, you've let it slip now. Um, did you feel like it was the right length, too long, too short? Would you have watched more? I, I would have watched a little bit more. Really? I was... So, in my head, with this being the kind of, again, the template from the sort of John Wick, Atomic Blonde, Nobody type film... I was thinking it was going to be like a brisk sort of 19, 95 minutes. So the fact that it was just over 100 minutes long, I was like, ooh, that's a bit long for one of these films. Um, so it's interesting that you say that. Where did you feel like you could have needed more? On the backstory to Santa. Uh, okay. So uh, I want to keep this mildly spoilery rather than heavy spoilery because the film is obviously not out until Friday. But there is some backstory to Santa that you do get to see as part of this film. So you kind of do get to see how he uh, becomes, or who he is before he is Santa, should I say. So you would have liked to have seen more of that. Just a little bit, not a lot. Mm, and yet you haven't watched The Northman. I mentioned they're quite different films. Eh, from what I saw, they were fairly similar. Is The Northman Home Alone with Consequences? Yes. <laughs> Was that convincing? No. Uh, so I I thought the length was probably about right for me. I don't I think it if he'd gone on too much longer it probably would have felt like it was a bit too long. My only thing was I um I felt like it took a while to get going. So I really liked the beginning and the introduction of Santa. I thought that was hilarious. And then yes, we need to do a bit of introduction to who the family are and see what happens where obviously things go to pot with them. But it then felt like there was a little bit of treading water where it was like, let's just get down to the Santa action for mm. me. I'd agree. Um, any standout characters apart from Santa for you? I thought Lola Gard did a good job. Brilliant, isn't she? So she is Leah Brady, so Trudy Lightstone. She is known for the Umbrella Academy. Uh, she's also in Relax, I'm From the Future and Erin's Guide to Kissing Girls are her most famous titles on um, IMDb, apparently. Oh, in fact, that's all she's been in, bless her. So she was in Hunting, a documentary in 2017. She's Patrick's daughter in one episode of The Umbrella Academy, Lola in Erin's Guide to Kissing Girls, and then she has three upcoming titles. So Violent Night, Relax, I'm from the Future, in which she plays Kid Number One, and The Love Club, semicolon Lauren's Story, in which she plays Stephanie. So she's a pretty much newcomer, I guess. But she, yeah, she handles things really well. And there was actually a point, because the Santa thing hadn't massively kicked off yet, but there was a point where it kind of does its Home Alone homage, where I actually thought I was going to prefer her to Santa. I thought she was going to end up being more of a badass than Santa. I mean, she was pretty close. <laughs> so, obviously these films, like John Wick has a very, very complex uh mythology like the hotel and all that stuff that you learn across the three films this is a bit more of a one shot i mean even nobody has quite a complex backstory with who he was working for the government before he ends up who he is and we've obviously just touched on the fact that there is a bit of santa backstory here but this is a bit more straightforwards straightforwards enough not enough story for you no i think it's probably about right how did you feel about the family and what was going on with them 
What was that noise? It's like a pre-burp. I don't know what's wrong with me. All of the noises are coming out of you in this podcast. <laughs> and I'm leaving them all in. No, it was the cat. It was me. Um, what was I even saying? Oh, the storyline of the family. What did you think of the storyline of the family? I don't think I could do that again. I've tried. <laughs> the who? The family. Oh, them. Um, I don't know. They were all right. They were interesting. Dynamic. Dysfunctional. Yeah. Uh, I guess some of it was about it being a Christmas movie and Christmas movies being a little bit cheesy. But I felt like some of it was maybe a little too silly with the family. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, like the boyfriend was a bit too yeah. silly. Yeah. So uh, Cam Gigande from um, the Twilight movies is in this as a an actor who is the boyfriend of um beverly d'angelo's daughter so he's not really part of the family but could be a son-in-law to beverly d'angelo's kind of matriarchal character um i think he yeah he for me was a little bit too silly and uh the so the daughter that he is with is that whole family is a little bit too silly for me um bertrude is very funny but um only as a kind of one-off joke but i much preferred the son and that side of the family um, they were much more entertaining to watch without being silly. Yeah. I don't feel like we can say too much more because we'll end up in spoiler territory because it is quite a simple film. Um, brilliant music. I meant to look and see who the composer was because uh, it was brilliantly Christmas whilst also totally fitting the film. I kind of feel like this is the sort of spiritual successor to Die Hard as the Christmas action movie. Oh, maybe. Would you... Uh, okay, just while I'm looking this up. Um, would you... Watch another movie with this Santa? Uh, probably. So, composer was Dominic Lewis, who is known for The King's Man. So, not Kingsman, but The King's Man. Uh, Peter Rabbit. The uh, Bullet Train. And... Oh, no, sorry, he was the composer on Kingsman as well. So, often works with that group of people. Um, he was a vocalist on the soundtrack for Batman v Superman, which is interesting. I wonder what he vocalised a song there aren't really any songs in that film well there's music I was about to start doing some of the choral thing and then I realised it was from The Dark Knight anyway um, yeah it was just a question that was floating around in my head whilst we were watching it was does this feel like next year we'll have like Violent Night 2 Santa Returns Um, and I thought I wasn't sure whether I needed to see him Again, because part of the magic is sort of Santa's relationship with Trudy in this film. And I don't see Trudy getting into trouble again the next Christmas. Well, that's sort of like a time jump and it's, she's all grown up and it's her family that's in trouble. Yeah, I think you've just written Bad bad Santa. That's a different franchise. Uh, you've just written Violent Night 2? Violent Night 2. You better watch out. I really thought you were going to say you better work. No. <laughs> that's not a Santa song. Oh dear. Um special effects, there aren't there's not much CGI in this film, it's very practical, which I thought was very cool. Very practical. Yeah. Uh my only gripe with the film, really, do you have a actually I'll let's ask you first. Any gripes? Mm, no. Hmm. My only gripe is Bristol, England. Oh yeah, that's a bit weird. So the this isn't a massive spoiler, so uh the film opens in what is supposed to be Bristol, uh England. It does say on screen, Bristol, England, it's a pub on Shirley Street. It's just so blatantly an American backlot, which was kind of bad enough. 
that it was like, oh, look, they've mocked England. Um, and Santa is in a pub, an English pub. I'm relatively sure the actor playing the English pub landlady was not English. No, she was not English. Um, and then when Santa goes to leave the pub, he goes up to the roof rather than going through the front door. She chases him up to the roof and then gets to watch Santa fly off on his sleigh. Um, and while they're on the roof, they are surrounded by what is very, very clearly a big American city. <laughs> like, it's not even... It, I mean, it doesn't look British in the slightest, but also, if you've ever been to Bristol, you know it's not a city the size of, like, Chicago. And I've never been to Bristol, but it doesn't strike me as having lots of skyscrapers. No, skyscrapers, big glass buildings, incredibly, uh, yeah, incredibly not that. Apparently, the only so the only filming location that is listed on IMDb is Winnipeg, Canada. Um, I don't know if Winnipeg is a city. I have never been. But certainly what is on screen as Bristol is most definitely not Bristol. <laughs> so that was that took me out of the film a little bit. But thankfully, the rest of it is actually in what is supposed to be America. So, you know, it made a lot more sense after that. Um, so thumbs up or thumbs down from Boy Wonder. Would you recommend... Is this going to be in your Christmas movie roster from now on? Yes. Yeah, me too. Massive four stars from me. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Would have given it five stars, but I slept on it before kind of deciding on my score. It's Bristol, um, wasn't it? Bristol ruined it for me. Knocked a whole star off. Um, that and I would have liked more violence. More violence? It's quite violent. Like it, yeah, it was quite violent. And we're going back into the film now. Um my only minor, minor thing with it was that a lot of it happened in shadow and in darkness. Yeah, I suppose. In the biggest fight sequence with the most people in it, it happened a lot in darkness. And obviously with something like John Wick, and even with nobody, you you know, you know, see Keanu Reeves and you saw Bob Odenkirk doing a lot of their own stunts. And I felt like we didn't see as much of David Harbour doing his own stunts. Um, and I'm not trying to say he didn't do them because it could be him and it's just that it was darkly lit in scene i don't know i've not watched any behind the scenes stuff but i felt like it was a little bit more it was hiding a few more flaws in some of the fight choreography by the way it was lit my only thing other than that absolutely loved it one of my favorite films of this year so you can catch uh say the kingsman you can catch violet night in cinemas from universal pictures on friday december the 2nd now before we wrap up i just want to touch on um one other Christmassy moment that has been released in the last couple of weeks, which was the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Um, just because, you know, at the top of the podcast, you might remember, because, you know, it was only like 20 minutes ago, I said uh, that we were going to talk about a family-friendly Christmas movie, and clearly Violet Night is not a family-friendly Christmas movie. Boy Wonder, did you enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special? Yeah, okay. all right. What didn't you like? I'm just, I don't really, I'm not. Marvel, you just don't vibe with Marvel, do you? I just don't vibe with it. <laughs> Considering both you and I have talked at length on this podcast about how much we don't like Guardians Volume 2, I actually really liked this. I thought it was quite sweet. I thought it was a very sweet, easy watching kind of like 45 minutes on Christmas Eve when you've just finished National Lampoons and don't quite know what to watch next. And yeah. you maybe want a little bit of action, but still want to keep the Christmassy festive sweetness. You can throw this on and it's very, very easy watching. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Okay, any reason why? I just uh, I can see. I no can imagine. With it. I can imagine me sitting with that on in the background whilst I'm wrapping Christmas presents, because 
as much as I like National Lampoons or I like Home Alone, I'm not a big Christmas person, and I definitely don't. I don't do the whole like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, Elf, oh. Nuss. That's it's just so sad though. Did I say Elf or Ed? I think I said Elf. I'm not, I've never really been into Elf. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street though. <laughs> I just I don't, something about really really sickly Christmas movies. I just can't do. Whereas I feel like because you've got a slightly Marvel edge to this, plus. I'm sure people have watched it by now because it's been out for sort of a week by the time this podcast released. Um, they mentioned Batman in it. <laughs> There's nothing more satisfying than watching Marvel talk about DC. When you just watch Batman Returns, that's a good Christmas film. Well, exactly that. I mean, that is the best comic book Christmas movie of all time. So, Or Christmas with the Joker. Christmas with the Joker, yes. But I mean, that's quite short, only 22 uh, minutes long. I'll watch it twice. <laughs> We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Um... Or we could just talk about Christmas with the Joker. Okay then. Uh, so if I ask you whether you liked the original songs that were in it, there was original songs. Yeah, the first like five minutes of the film is the band. Oh, the band. Yeah, it was all right. Go oh, bar humbug over here, MCU bar humbug. Well, it was all right. I mean, it was all right. Okay, I understood what they were doing, which was making a holiday special. <laughs> Part of me feels like we shouldn't talk about Marvel on this podcast anymore because I'm trying to be positive here and you're just like, I, I, I did not make that sound this time. <laughs> well, if you rewind about 10 minutes, you just made that sound. It was the cat. <laughs> um, so was there anything about this that you particularly liked or was it all just a bit too much for you? It wasn't too much. I was just a bit like, oh, did it need to happen? I, I, can't, I don't have anything to come back to that. No. <laughs> Well, I liked it. I thought the whole Kevin Bacon thing was funny. I like Kevin Bacon. Hey, there we go. Well done. <laughs> I, I like the fact that they... I mean, they did a very classic Christmas thing, which was, you know, they took Peter and said, here's a guy who had Christmas ruined for him. He was taken away from his family. He wasn't able to enjoy Christmas. Let's find the Christmas spirit. It's very basic for a Christmas movie. As someone loses the Christmas spirit, has to find it. But I thought they took that and dressed it up very well in an MCU-type story. He's just nodding. He's completely disengaged now. I Would... just feel a bit marvelled out, to be honest. I liked Marvel to begin with, but there's just so much Marvel. It's like Marvel, 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 Marvel. I'm like, whoa. Well, okay. This wasn't something I was planning on talking about at this exact moment in time. But you have this year had, what? Black Panther, Thor, and something else? Doctor Strange. So you've had Doctor Strange, Thor and Black Panther. Um, and then you have also this year had quite a lot on Disney Plus because you've had um, Miss Marvel this year. You've had She-Hulk this year. You've had The Guardian's Holiday Special. You've had Werewolf by Night. You've had... I mean, Hawkeye. Did Hawkeye go over Christmas into New Year? I can't quite remember. Moonlight, um, you had Moonlight. Was that this year? Uh, Moon Knight was also this year. Moon Knight, not Moonlight. Yes, Moon Knight, not Moonlight. Um, technically, you had Morbius, but that's you know, not MCU. Um, I'm trying to think if we had another show. I think that's all we've had show-wise. Do you have a re-release of Spider-Man again? Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, that's still 
three movies and um, three TV series. So it, basically everything is almost run concurrently all the way through the year. So I think it's fair to feel like it's been a little bit of an overkill, yes. Um, I'm going to close this off now. I much prefer the TV shows, though. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a topic for another podcast. Would you recommend the holiday special? I mean, if you like that kind of thing, then yeah. I would recommend the holiday special. If you'd like to read my review, you can check it out over on our website, which is www.getyourcomicon.co.uk. I'm going to end this here. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, And big things happening. So Avatar, The Way of Water will be out in cinema. um, And we'll be getting ready for Christmas, I guess. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for tuning in to Martin's uh, strange bodily noises in this episode. Yes, it's it's the cat. It's the cat. Nobody believes you. Until next time. Bye. Bye.